Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 207 is entitled, Recognizing the Hand of God, Part 2B, Agency Continued. If you have not downloaded Podcast 206, may we recommend that you listen to it first. This is a continuation. In our hypothetical world described in Podcast 206, a very powerful dictator represented himself to the people as a benevolent libertarian. He persuaded them that there was no God and no devil, no absolute good and no absolute evil, no life before birth and no life after death. There was only today. He offers a world where everyone will be happy, where everyone will receive the desires of their heart. As you have guessed, The dictator of the fictitious world described in the previous podcast is Lucifer. It is the kind of world he would create. Not being omniscient, he must learn from his mistakes. His first mistake was in allowing people to change worlds when they disagreed with popular policies. He corrected his mistake by allowing his slaves to silence or eliminate anyone who disagreed with their opinions. From that point on, he observed a strange phenomenon. Once a common enemy was identified, the dominant party melted into one like pieces of soft lead under intense heat. Regardless of individual philosophies, even the strongest gave up all independence of thought and merged with the will of the strong-minded leaders, fanatically agreeing with everything. The press gave up freedom of the press. Christians gave up once-cherished values. Universities gave up critical thinking and freedom of thought. The masses gave up freedom of speech. They all gave up free will, agency, freedom and liberty, and bleated like sheep with one voice when anyone threatened them. Lucifer realized that without a common enemy, he had to battle for every soul he won. After he invented a common enemy, everyone voluntarily relinquished their free will on every issue, no matter how abhorrent it at first appeared and focused on the enemy subordinating everything to its extinction. As long as he kept the hated enemy at the forefront, there was no more struggle, no more dissension, and no more opposing voices inside the ranks. If any rank-and-file member dared to express opposition, though once highly honored, they were exposed, excoriated, and cast out in disgrace amid uniform outrage and public slander. There was fanatic complicity, like dummies voicing the will of the puppeteer. Lucifer achieved power over his subjects without effort, a feat that his number one enemy could never achieve. That was his greatest triumph. Perhaps you have not overlooked the similarities between the world Lucifer created and the world the liberals are creating in America today. The liberals are eliminating the opposition. For example, the persecution of Justice Kavanaugh in trying to block his nomination to the Supreme Court, the false accusations and incessant persecution of President Trump, throughout his presidency, even hounding him after he left office. The persecution via the media of any person of color, any woman, any minority, 
or any other of the protected class who changed ranks, calling those who oppose their policies domestic terrorists and using the FBI and Justice Department to persecute them, using the IRS to scrutinize the tax records of conservatives while ignoring the liberals, putting under a microscope any suspicious activities of the opposition, while covering up the scandalous crimes of those in their own high ranks. Only those who speak with one voice are true believers. They complicitly agree on every issue, each championing the other's cause. The true believers are the liberal press, the social media giants, the LBGTQ plus community, the pro-abortionists, the environmentalists, the global warming activists, the Ivy League universities, the minorities, the unions, big business, schools, hospitals, doctors, clergy, the Disney Corporation, Hollywood, the college students, the FBI, the Justice Department, the IRS, the Post Office, the Socialists, the Communists, the Marxists, Black Lives Matter, the illegal immigrants, and any other protected species supported by entitlements. The press, who once upon a time would go to jail to protect their freedoms, fell in line, all speaking with one voice. Universities condemned critical thinking. Facebook and Twitter suppressed freedom of speech. The FBI raised the homes of conservatives, condemning those who oppose as domestic terrorists. One member of the Virginia legislature is writing a bill to allow the state to imprison parents who do not support a transgender change in their children. The FBI, in bulletproof vests and assault rifles, recently burst into a clergyman's home and arrested him for leading a peaceful demonstration against abortion. They gave no explanation to his wife. The FBI, the Justice Department, and the IRS have become the Gestapo of the left, carrying out their every whim. They target conservatives and ignore the behavior by the left. Parents are called domestic terrorists if they speak against the school agenda. Conservatives who run for office can expect vicious slander against themselves and their families. Satan is the great conspirator. He is dedicated to destroying free will and agency. Everything he does leads to captivity and misery. Christ, on the other hand, sacrificed himself to save us all who believe on his name. He guards our free will, agency, freedom, and liberty. Everything he does leads to freedom, joy, love, and eternal life with him. Without Christ, this nation never would have been established. God allows Satan on earth only because without his enticements, we would not have agency. Agency requires three things. 1. Knowledge of good and evil. 2. Choices between good and evil. 3. And freedom. The fall of Adam and Eve was necessary for us to have agency. Lucifer was allowed to enter the Garden of Eden, and Satan, the name given to Lucifer after his rebellion, was allowed to live on mortal earth, though he is a spirit. Satan and his angels will never have a body. That is why they want to possess our bodies. That is why, when they were cast out of the lunatic, they entered into the bodies of swine. Not having a physical body is a curse. When we die, we will anxiously await the resurrection. We will want our bodies back. In the resurrection, however, our physical bodies will be perfect and as immortal as our spirits. The great safety net in our world of turmoil and confusion is that Christ atoned for our sins, thus giving us power to repent, to alter our course, to overcome the temptations of Satan, to return to heaven, and to live with him. It is called the law of mercy. It stands in opposition to the law of justice. 
the violation of which brought about the fall. The law of mercy is conditional, however. It requires a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It requires repentance. It requires keeping the commandments. And finally, it requires enduring to the end. The law of justice stands alone. It is unconditional. It is unforgiven. It is unbendable. It cannot be compromised or modified or changed. It is so by necessity. A world without absolutes has no foundation. It has no anchor. It has no standard. It has no stability. The law of justice keeps Satan from winning. The law of justice keeps everything in balance. Without the law of justice, there would be no order, no creation, no certainty, and no life. On the other hand, if you violate the law of justice, you are condemned forever. That is why God instituted the law of mercy. Mercy satisfied the demands of the law of justice. Mercy introduces free will and agency. Mercy snatched us from the iron jaws of the law of justice. Christ didn't rob justice. He satisfied justice. Christ paid for our sins by suffering in Gethsemane and by dying on the cross. Christ suffered for us so that we don't have to suffer for ourselves. He paid the price for our sins on condition that we call upon his name, repent of our sins, and keep his commandments. To be merciful, God must die, sacrificing his perfect life for our sins. That is the only way he can be both just and merciful. Christ not only atoned for our sins, but he brought about our resurrection. The resurrection is unconditional in that everyone, regardless of their works, will be resurrected. The atonement, however, is conditional on our obedience to law. That is why Christ judges us by our works. He is preserving our agency. We choose whether or not we follow Christ or Satan. In our world, the real world, we are confronted by every philosophy of man. Misery exists in the world because many people choose to hearken to Satan's silky lies. If Christ does not pay for our sins, we must pay for them ourselves. That is the only way that the law of justice can be satisfied. That is what hell is. Fortunately, those who are not sons of perdition must remain in hell only until they have paid the full penalty of the law. They rejected the atonement of Christ. However, once they have fully paid for their sins to the last farthing, they are released from hell, resurrected in the last resurrection, and assigned a kingdom of glory according to their works, which Paul compares to the brightness of the stars. They are referred to as the least in the kingdom of heaven. There are many levels of heaven and many levels of hell because people are not equally good or equally evil. We owe as much to the law of justice as we do to the law of mercy. Only the sons of perdition are left in hell forever by choice. They rejected Christ with full knowledge of who he was. It was a willful act. They elected to live in hell forever rather than bow to the majesty of Christ. Christ did not want anyone to suffer as he suffered. Justice can never be violated or everything that we understand about life would disappear. Justice alone brings order out of chaos and holds back chaos. Chaos is the natural state of matter and energy. It is law that brings order out of chaos. And those laws were organized by God for the benefit of man. Everything God does relates to free will, agency, freedom, and liberty. God will not take away our free will. Satan cannot take away our free will. 
we alone can give it up by following Satan and choosing evil over good. Satan is about two things, captivity and misery. He is the author of contention. He is the author of evil. He is the author of misery. God will not and cannot do evil. He is the author of joy. Hell is a bright recollection of our sins. It is worse than fire. Fire is the only thing that comes close to describing the burning of a guilty conscience. Imagine standing in the presence of God with a perfect knowledge of all your sins. It would be unimaginably excruciating. The atonement of Christ not only washes away all sins when we repent, he also removes even the memory of them. And what is even more inexplicable, even he remembers them no more. As Isaiah said, Though your sins be as scarlet, yet they will be as white as snow. That is the gift of Christ to those who repent of their sins, strive to keep his commandments, and endure to the end. The bottom line is that the entire purpose of Satan is to take away our free will and agency. The entire mission of Christ is to protect our free will and agency, and to save us from our sins if we choose to let him. He died that we might have immortality and eternal life with him. On the one hand, he will not allow Satan to force us to hell. On the other hand, he cannot force us to heaven against our will because of the law of agency. He died on the cross so that we can be free. It was Christ who said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.